Sponsor CBT Nuggets is IT training for IT professionals and anyone looking to build IT skills. You can sign up for a free CBT Nuggets trial. There is no credit card required to sign up, and you will have access to the entire training library. Visit cbtnuggets.com slash heavy networking. That's cbtnuggets.com slash heavy networking. Are you a junior engineer or perhaps a senior engineer? Maybe your title is junior, but you want to be a senior. Uh, All right, fair enough, but be careful what you wish for. Uh, Maybe your title is junior, but you feel you're doing the job of a senior. Are you really doing the job of a senior? And how would you justify this to your manager? It's not just about certs or your ability to pull off complex changes. And that's really the setup for our conversation today. Junior versus senior engineering roles. That's what we're going to chat about on Heavy Networking. Our guests are Derek Winchester and Brian Mills. And also joining me is Brian Keyes. We've got two Brians on the show. We'll try to keep everybody straight here. Brian Keyes is going to be my co-host today, a special guest co-host. And my thanks to him for bringing up this topic of junior versus senior engineers. This, this, this show is his fault. And uh, and then Brian also went and recruited uh, Derek and Brian Mills, our other two guests, to join us. So uh, so starting with you, Brian Keyes, uh, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, Ethan. Um, I followed the Packet Pushers Network for a while, both the written and spoken content. In uh, September of 2020, I saw you published a blog post perfectly titled Transitioning from Junior to Senior Engineer. It was, in the sports ball term, bulletin board material for me. It really spoke to me. It challenged me and motivated me. Several months later, in June 2020, you published a blog post titled, What Makes a Senior IT Engineer Senior? Um, Coincidentally, in uh, June of 2020, um, that was when I got my CCNP Enterprise. Mm -hmm. Um, Your blog post was some, uh, some fuel for me. I wanted to earn that senior title. Both articles are saved in my personal OneNote file, so I would look back at them, uh, and they'd motivate me. I'll always make sure, uh, and I'll make sure that they're in the show notes below. I think of myself as a senior uh, network engineer. According to the criteria from your blog post, I check most of the boxes, but this isn't all about me. <laughs> Does someone else have to meet all of the requirements to be a senior engineer? Do they have to meet some of them? Or is the list missing something? Let's discuss and see what everybody else thinks. All right. So we're going to go around the table and have a chat here uh, about all of this. So if, uh, again, to, to follow what, what Brian was saying, there's just some things you can find at ethancbanks.com. And we'll have the links in the show notes at uh, packetpushers.net if you want to want to follow up with those those articles. So, uh, yeah, D- Derek, I think I just cut you off there. You were about to make a comment about uh, about what, what you think it takes to be a, to be a senior. You know, I've been, uh, and I hate saying this because it, 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 age just plays a part in this, right? So I've been doing this for almost 30 years. Yeah. And uh, and I can probably, I mean, if you just go me personally, I can, I've, I've been a junior, I've been a senior. Um, I know the journey well. It's just like it was yesterday. And uh, I can tell you this, one thing I've always lived by, and there's, there's things that actually, uh, that happened in my career that actually promotes this, is... Most people think that a senior engineer just knows everything. It's just a guy that seasons, just, you know, a guy that uh, uh, that pretty much is on top of his game. And, and I look and I say, you know what? I challenge you to look around. Um, I've always been, well, I'm not going to say always. I learned the hard way. But uh, as, for me, a senior engineer is one that makes those around him better. And um, 
You can look at successful projects, successful uh, IT groups and organizations, um, or even longevity in, in this field. And you will come to realize that the people that you go to lean on are the people that not, not only evolve, right? But bring you along with the journey. They make you a better engineer, right? That that person don't always know more than you. So that's, that's, that's how, that, that's what I came, that's what came from my journey. Yeah, I mean, a, a point there that I would strongly agree with is if you're hoarding knowledge and because you feel threatened if other people know the things that you do, yeah, you haven't haven't really made the leap yet. Exactly, right? But I, I take it one step further, right? Uh, <laughs> you go into a, a setting where, for example, uh, a business setting, IT people, you know, maybe maybe to come talk about, talk about a solution or whatever, uh, just a typical meeting. Most of you guys are in these meetings every day. And if you take a snapshot from that meeting, there's usually always one person in that meeting that elevates everyone else's ideas, right? And think about it. It's not always the person that he, he may know better, but he's the person that elevates everyone else's ideas and, and kind of, you know, reinforces everyone else before itself. So that's what I picture when I, when I think of a, a senior engineer. When you're in the junior position, you maybe aspire to be a senior. You want to be a senior. So, Brian Mills, I'll throw a question out to you here. Um, I'm going to assume maybe you're you're in that situation. You're in more of a junior role. Maybe you're looking to be a senior role. What are your motivations to be in that senior role? Is it just is it money, or is it is there more to it than that? Um, I have two answers for that. Um, one hindsight and one 2020 perspective after being in a junior role, actually being in a junior role. Um, before, obviously, it was just about money when I was just learning and getting my foot into IT. But once I got into the junior role and then started to see different um, senior engineers, um, speaking to Derek and other, other people like him, um, it's more so just to be able, it's more so for the knowledge, honestly, in my, in my opinion, um, and being able to share that knowledge and being able to teach. Um, I think that for me, as of, as of now, um, being able to do that is, is more priceless than than money, I would take the money, obviously, but being able to teach what you know and work at solutions is, is priceless right now for me. And I wouldn't deem myself worthy for the senior role until I've, I've met that criteria, in my opinion. Do you ever run into a feeling where you feel like you should be in charge or in control of the situation in some way because of the knowledge base you have? Um, not right now. I'm still, like I said, I'm still very junior, <laughs> honestly. Um, I, I, that's just me being you know, doubting myself, being uncomfortable, but, um, you know, I do work hard, but, um, I've been that way in other expertise. So I understand exactly what you've said, what you're saying. I know I can take it once I've attained that knowledge and I, I will, I wind up taking responsibility more than I probably should. My wife gets on me about that a lot. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, I, I, that's how I answer that one. <laughs> Uh, so uh, let me let me position this another way. So uh, so Derek, you and I, uh, you I, it looks like you're currently a CCA. I was one. I let the the certification lapse some years back. Well, so let's put a hypothetical situation here. Let's say you're a CCA, but you've only got two years of experience. You just went crazy on the certs, and there's a few people that have done this. They just went nuts and uh, got all the way up to CCIE, but they've only got two years of like hands-on experience. Is that person, that CCIE with two years of experience, is that a senior person? Uh, does technical leadership equal senior material, or do you think there's more to it? There's a little bit more to it, but I mean, it, it depends on the situation. You have, let me take a step back. So there was a time in my career where, and as a CCIE, you could probably relate, you pretty much 
feel, but technically you do know pretty much everything, right? (laughs) You're a subject matter expert, you're lead. Technically you probably did design and so forth and, and people follow you. However, that's where you start figuring out, right? Because for me, I think a failure is being the smartest man on a team, right? And that's where I say the evolution of a senior engineer, right? When you're the smartest person on the team, it's not really a good team, right? And and and, and think about that. So I, I, you know, I had a project where <laughs> I was pretty much carrying everything on it, right? On the team, right? And then it just dawned on me. What if I wasn't the smartest man on this team, mm-hmm. right? So that's what I took a mentorship role back. And that's why I really feel like I became a senior engineer because everyone else on that team, and, and this is a, I'm, I'm in my mind, just, just to bring you along the journey, it was an overseas project. This project was in Kuwait. And during that time that I was doing this project, I thought it was best to take a step back and just focus on mentorship and training everyone else. From there, we became, a, it, it was a successful project. These people grew and I found my identity as a senior engineer. And from there, and it was about 15 years ago, from there, it has been about uplifting other people, which actually uplifts myself in the process. So, you know, that's the journey I think most senior, especially CCIEs take, you know, so when you say the, a two-year CCIE, that that really depends, right? Because I know a lot of two-year, one-year CCIEs that have been doing this for a long time have already got it. But then, you know, I t- always take myself back to, you know, when I was in my 20s, then you find the two-year CCIE that really you see they're, 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 they're where they are in the journey. You see they know everything. They're pushing. They're really hard chargers. You probably see them all on LinkedIn and blogs and so forth. You also will start paying attention to their journey as they start playing back off technology as well. So I see it a lot on LinkedIn. I see a lot of people answer questions, and then they take another approach, and they help other people find the answer and not just, you know, throw their technical, you know, you know, muscle out there. So Brian Keys, uh, I'm curious if you deal with like you, you, you sound like you're somewhere in the middle between junior and senior in your mind. Is this imposter syndrome? If you're being honest with yourself, are you actually a senior, but you're like, well, I don't know. I don't want to call myself that, you know, do you have the experience and do you mentor like Derek's been talking about? I have mentored in other roles. There are some roles where I feel like I'm definitely one of the newer people. So it depends. <laughs> there was one role where I was probably the new guy and I came in sort of guns blazing, uh, not in the literal sense, <laughs> saying that the design that you guys have in here is is ridiculous. Why would you ever do this? And they explained, oh, well, when we built this network five, 10 years ago, these were the constraints that we were working against. And mm-hmm. I once I learned about it, I was like, oh, now I understand. But that was so many years ago. Now you hired me for this new project. We're going to have to make a lot of changes and fix a lot of that technical debt. So I was able to then teach, not teach them, but say, let's update this design and in the process, simplify it. So then we can add on to what you guys have. And we can't do that unless it's been simplified. So it's definitely a push and a pull. Yeah, no, I think actually, you know, going back to, to the way you were just saying, alluding, you know, I think the biggest difference between a junior and senior engineer is, is study habits, right? Mm-hmm. Let's go back, you know, back when I first started and, and I hate to feel that the technology wasn't that difficult, right? We, we like to say it was complex, but take 19, I'll say 99 compared to uh, now, right? There's probably quadruple 
technologies, more technologies out now than there was back then, right? You can get a job saying you knew Ethernet, right? So um, <laughs> the complexity of studying has evolved over the years. And I think, you know, my biggest thing now, when I look at junior uh, engineers versus senior engineers, junior engineers really, they, they dive in, they, they, they love learning, you know, a technology to the max, how to do it, they study, they memorize this stuff and they do whatever. And anymore. the senior engineers, those have been studying for, for quite a long time. I call this the table content uh, uh, studiers, right? They, they, they know how to actually format their studying, right? To get the gist of every technology, right? To stay pretty much well-rounded, right? For longevity. And I think I've seen that evolution in studying. It used to be back in my time, the senior engineers are the ones that, uh, that went full into CCIE. Next thing you know, you know they can provision a, a switch and router in five minutes flat. And then somewhere along the line, you realize that was useless, you know, uh, the uh, skill, right? And then you start evolving from there. But that's the biggest thing I've seen over the years, the evolution of, of study, studying habits uh, uh, from, you know, basically by engineers as a whole. So one of the, uh, the other things that I'd like to bring up is not just the technical acumen to be a senior, but also the, uh, the so-called soft skills. If there's something that's happening in the team, can you deal with it? If there's something coming from uh, Mount High with uh, management, can you push back and do it maturely without um, uh, causing the sparks to fly and ratchet down the tension? As in the, as in the business is asking the IT folks to do X, but the IT folks don't have whatever resources, time resources, budget or whatever to accomplish X. How do you push back in a way that's not, that's mature? Yeah. I think that's also something that a, uh, a senior engineer should be able to do. What do you guys think? Um, I agree. Um, I'm actually, the role I'm at now, I'm, I'm seeing exactly what you're referring to. Um, the business side coming in, coming in asking um, for certain things. And uh, one senior engineer in particular uh, basically just knows how to speak with them, knows how to communicate with them effectively so that we, so that er both parties are working together and cohesively. And then if something can't be met, that's talked about and communicated in a, in a way um, that's understandable for both sides. And the communication aspect, I think, is huge as far as like um, the difference between a senior and a, and a junior engineer. I'm learning now being a junior engineer that communication is like, is very, it's huge. It's very huge. And I was lucky enough to in my past career to build upon those communication skills. So I'm thankful for that. Um, and my senior engineer communicates with me daily. Um, if I missed, you know, a case that I was supposed to take care of because I was just overloaded with other information, he comes behind me and say, Hey, look, Brian, did you forget this? And um, you need any help with this? Like, that's what, that's what he does. And I'm thankful for that. And I think that's why he's in the role he's in. So. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Communication is critical in, in really every aspect of that role. As a senior, you tend to need to talk uh, upwards to either a management layer or maybe someone on the business side. You're more likely to get pulled into those conference meetings where there's someone from the business side that is explaining what the needs are. And you need to be able to understand that and communicate with them, figure out what it is they're looking for so that you can help to design the solution. Um, you're in a situation where you are highly technical and need to communicate a complex process to other people so that they can do it. We've talked about that in the context of mentoring, but then there's also you know, writing about those sorts of processes that can be used for training or mentorship purposes. 
There's things like writing a good change request um, that's going to be approved by other people, being able to effectively communicate what it is that's being changed, the impact to the organization, what the risks are, and then what you're actually doing, and have it not just be a bunch of something horribly jargon-laden and cryptic that someone reviewing it might not understand what they're reading, but being able to communicate it effectively to all the people that are going to review it. Things like broadcast messaging to everyone within an organization. We're going to be down from 2.30 in the morning to 4 in the morning. It's going to affect these parts of the business. We're going to be back online at 4 once the change is completed, and then everything will be okay. We're going to communicate to you when that's done. But not getting wrapped up in telling a bunch of people who have no idea what a switch is that we're adding a bunch of VLANs and you know whatever else it is that's going on. Right. So, so communications is just, it's, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. And I, and I feel it's not like you don't have to have those skills as a junior, but it's something I don't, I don't think you can live without as a senior. That speaks to the evolution of, of this field. I can, I can probably take that. What made me want to get into it was the fact that no one really spoke to it people. It was, mm-hmm. it was just, we were stuck in the basement and it was, it was great. Nobody, you wore jeans, right? And <laughs> so not and true. It is, it's so. right. But then, but then, but then someone spoke up and said, you know what? We need to be more aligned with the business. Right. Yes. And it, it, it didn't start right away. I, I would say that it, it was slowly, but you guys are seeing the end result of it right now. MBA does you very well in, in, in IT, right? Yeah. Back yeah. then you really didn't have to, the business, I didn't care about the, what did you need done? And let's make it happen, you know? So being able to speak to that shows the evolution of a senior engineer. 20 years ago, you didn't want to hear anything from your senior engineer. Now, that person is sitting in business meetings, right? Making real business decisions, you know, submitting change control requests and things of that nature, being able to speak to it from a business perspective. That's awesome. Yeah, working well with other teams, communicating properly. Another thing is the documentation, the Mm -hmm. wiki, their name should be on most of it, the the senior engineer. And then the senior engineer, um, I guess this might even be a whole nother topic, but um, how much of a senior engineer should also be an architect and know the overall mm-hmm. design, what things are now, where they are going in the future? Are those two separate hats? Are those the same hats? Maybe I'm opening up a whole note can of worms. But- yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. We pause today's podcast discussion for training talk with heavy networking sponsor, CBT Nuggets. I care about IT training because it's been a big part of my IT career since I started going all the way back to 95. I began my IT infrastructure journey learning Novell stuff. And over the years, training's never stopped for me because sometimes going for cert. Sometimes I just need to get a better handle on something new, but I am always learning something to deliver the best networks that I can. As you research your own training needs, consider CBT Nuggets. CBT Nuggets specializes in training for networking, cloud, and security. They cover other material too, but they have an especially huge library of training material for Cisco, AWS, Juniper, Linux, Microsoft, and VMware. Thousands of videos, thousands of hours of content, which which is not meant to scare you. It's okay. You don't have to watch them all at once. Just know that what you need is there when you need it. For example, all of you that are getting into network automation now, CBT Nuggets offers Cisco DevNet Associate and DevNet Professional Training. I have been reviewing the DevNet Blueprint material from Cisco. I can tell you, you are going to want training to get through these programs and make the most of them. DevNet material, it's not like learning a new routing protocol. It's learning how to manage infrastructure as code. And if you're a traditional ops person, that's really what I am. It's a whole new way of thinking. 
there's so much more than DevNet training there at CBT Nuggets. I've spent some time with the interface, digging through the catalog. It's easy to navigate. I sampled several videos. The audio and the video quality are excellent, and the instructors are easy to understand. They are personal, and they are engaging. They are not formal and boring, and some, some of them even wear a cowboy hat. Besides the training itself, there is a great support system to help you get a handle on the material with virtual labs and accountability coaching. Now is a great time to sign up for CBT Nuggets. Visit cbtnuggets.com slash heavy networking to take advantage of their seven days free trial offer. Try it for a week. See if you like it. Commit if you do. Cancel if you don't. Seems fair. cbtnuggets.com slash heavy networking for seven days free. That's cbtnuggets.com slash heavy networking. And now back to the podcast I so rudely interrupted. Architecture in a larger organization is a separate thing, um, but in in most organizations, I think it's a it's a dual role. It's one human that probably wears both hats. They're a senior engineer and they're an architect. They need to understand design and how that overall design maps to what the business is trying to get done, and then probably is writing the code or the automation stanzas, whatever it is, to make that thing happen and bring it to life. But again, in a large organization, I've worked with architecture teams that actually had no idea about the implementation. They were like, well, the product can do this and it supports this protocol. And so we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And I'm sitting there going, we can't actually implement that because of reasons, you know, and then you got to push back as an engineer into the architecture team. But I, I do think most organizations, you, you guys tell me what you think, but I do think most organizations, um, it, it, that senior engineer is also wearing an architecture hat. We discuss this a lot on the council, to be honest with you, but CCI advisory council, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, we talk about, right, there's an expert, there's an architect certification out there. We talk about, you know, most of the CCIEs, right? And if you look at it realistically, most CCIEs today, and, and it's basically because I guess they're expensive, right, wear multiple hats, meaning they have to wear the architectural hat and that lead engineering hat and, and maybe managerial hat and so forth. However, and that speaks highly to, to, to the point that everybody, you know, likes to put weight and met, you know, on, on a CCIE. However, those are different hats, you know, um, and, and a lot of times, you know, at least for architecture, a lot of times it's not about being a senior engineer, to be honest with you. It's about making sure you achieve best practice and seeing, you know, and align yourself with the business. So, um, and, and I, I see that role evolving even more. I see everything that we're even talking about right now evolving a little more, you know, beyond the junior senior role, but, you know, probably more horizontal to other roles, but, you know, this is, this is what we speak about the evolution. So. Derek, along the way, you mentioned a managerial role or a managerial hat that you might have to wear too in a senior engineering um, job. Do you think being a senior engineer means you're probably managing humans that they, you know, they might be direct reports? I don't want to say unfortunately. I was about to say unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> it happens, right? Because, you know, you pay, I don't want to say salary, but you pay a guy a good amount of money and you want to get your RI out of him. And that's what happens to most, you know, senior engineers. However, I love that because going back to our conversation, we we're talking about business being, in, I think that leadership and managerial things are, are being the responsibility, the roles have kind of changed focus on how engineers see themselves and how they grow themselves and see it. Right. So that's where I see the change. You know, I, I look at organizations where I, I look at CCIAs managing, you know, whole departments. And then I see organizations where maybe you have, you know, an, an engineer as a lead, 
you know, where everyone can go see him, but he's not really, you know, in that managerial role. I think both are, are, are direct results of the leadership potential or, or how we perceive, you know, um, leaders in, in the uh, senior engineering space. So, yeah, I've had a really mixed experience with that over the years. Yeah, it's where, where sometimes I had direct reports in a senior role and, and sometimes I didn't. I was just part of a team of you know, senior folks doing whatever it is that, that we were doing. Yeah. Brian, you were about to say? I've been at several places where it worked out quite nicely where the senior engineer did not have direct managerial reports, but they were still a team lead or a supervisor. Yeah. And they helped out with the some of the technical stuff and I would go to them with technical questions, but then I would go to somebody else with I'd like a day off, I and the management questions or um how do I fill out this form questions. An example I can think of is in this country, we have one person who's who does all of the ceremonial stuff and is the uh head of the government. In England, they have the prime minister mm-hmm. and the uh, monarchy, and they're two separate things. <laughs> so sometimes it's uh, it's a good idea to split things up. But that's a whole a, different <laughs> political discussion. <laughs> I, I can give you a real world experience. You know, I I, uh, I think my well, I'm not going to say I think my first managerial role uh, happened kind of fast, um, and before you knew it, I was over 17 people. The difficulty with this role is when I took the job, uh, I think you guys both uh, have been in organizations that, uh, you know, um, maybe technology had passed everyone by. So I would probably say my senior person was a CCNA knowledge, right? So that was a pretty intense role to jump into, but I look, I love it. And that's the problem. Most <laughs> technical people, when they become a manager roles, they are their worst, own worst enemy, right? I can tell you that, you know, uh, my day consists of training up everyone, you know, going over operations, right? And then architecture at night. I never slept. Uh, The role was the best fun I've ever had in my life. You know, it was a a, a mix of managerial, uh, technical, because I was escalation for everything, and architecture. So I was in every managerial meeting known to man. And I burnt out. I didn't see it coming. I just burnt out. One day I just say, you know, it's not enough. And, and that's a common story in technology. And that happens. I think, uh, uh, you know, for the most part, we see the signs of those organizations now. Blah, blah, blah. But there was a point where, you know, we try to squeeze our eye out of our senior engineers. And that was an example I gave you out of my career that it, it was a case and, and it wasn't good. So it happens. I'm in a position like that now where it's one person. Um, leading all the technical or the senior engineer leading all the technical questions and all the technical escalations. They don't deal with any manager managerial stuff like yeah. uh, days off or, you know, um, other HR related things. I go to somebody separate for that. So it, it, work, it works out pretty well now from what I can see, because I can get a lot more help from him. And I, I think that's the split that's reasonable. What you just described, Brian, I've been in situations where I didn't realize I was taking the managerial role and that meant I was a manager now and not an engineer at that point that, yeah, I had to have some technical leadership and so on, but I wasn't the one that was on the console doing the things and doing a bunch of design that was supposed to be the people on the team. I was uh, leading as the manager that was doing that being a manager is a full-time thing. And if you shortchange the management role because you think, oh, I'll just keep doing what I've been doing. Not only now I'm in charge and I have authority. That's that's the wrong perspective to have. So I, I do think there's a, a distinction to be made between being a senior engineer and being an IT manager. 
there is some overlap there, but I, I think they're actually different roles. And I think the most success in preventing burnout, like you were talking about, Derek, because I've been exactly there as well, is when you're separating the technical duties from uh, the, the human resource duties, if you will. That, that makes a lot of sense. Brian Mills, in your org, if you were to take a senior role, would, it sounds like you would not expect to have direct reports. You might be in a technical leadership role, but not uh, not be that person's manager, if you will. Does that sound right? Exactly. Right. I wouldn't have any idea of how many days they had off or anything like that. So, yeah. Any PTO time, none of that stuff, right? You wouldn't have to to to, to set up their uh, their their quarterly business objectives and review with them, and you know all that kind of you know check, figure out how much who gets what bonus and all of that. None of that, right? Right. I think the lead or uh, the senior engineer lead that I work with now, um, he has a lot of input to the other manager about that um, based upon performance. So I think that's the only like the only input or say so he has in that regard. So, so, so what do you think you'd have to do to move from the junior to, to the senior role in, in your organization? Is there an, is there a path that's been laid before you to make that jump if you wanted to? Um, has not been laid before me, um, like from my, both my managers, but I understand completely just by being there cause I'm observant mm. of what it, what it will take. Um, honestly, just volunteering more of my time to take on more of the complex tasks and um, more of the learning I, I, from what I can see. Um, I'm in a smaller organization, uh, WISP, to be honest, uh, to be exact. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can, they can use all the help they can get. So if, I, if there's something I can take over um, that I'm able to do, I'm, I'm all for it. And I'm pretty sure that, you know, I'll be able to say, hey, look, you know, what can I do to get into that senior position and get more money and have more responsibility? Um, I started just by taking over our um, peer review process on certain configurations and stuff like that. So I started that way. Um, I guess they threw through that bone to me to see if I would bite and I did. So I guess that's part of it, mm-hmm. but I can't, I can't say anything has been laid out. And I think they understand it's going to take a couple of years for me to get the whole picture of what, what we do over there. So. But, but honestly, Brian, I, I look at what you just said is for me is my demarcation line from a junior to to a regular engineer, right? Because when do you become a regular engineer? When you, when you know, when you understand where you are, right? And what you don't know, and you understand what you need to know to become an engineer. I think that that is when you become a network engineer. So I mean, what you just, your, your self-assessment just now, it was, it was brilliant. It's, it's, it's what everybody, what, what everybody should be. Yeah, uh, honestly, that just comes from um, my personality. Honestly, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to myself at any time um, as to what I know and what I don't know because I'm not gonna go into something saying that I know something just to get my foot in the door and you know let it blow up in my face. So um, I let them know when I interview like this is where I'm at in my career. Um, I just graduated and got my um, degree, um, but I'm still learning. Um, so day, so day one, when I got in there, I was just like, Oh my goodness. I, I was like the first three months, like my wife had to calm me down every night. Cause I would just come home and I was just like, this is a lot, you know, and this, this is like, this is a lot to take in, but I calmed myself down. I said, Hey, look, you know, they understand you're going to take this amount of time to be able to learn this. My, my, uh, my actual, the owner of the company who interviewed me said, look, you know, it's going to take you like a couple of years to get to know all this stuff here. So I kind of, put that back in my memory bank and calm myself down. And then what happened was whenever I would panic and whenever something I didn't understand, 
and I'd go in the next day, I would have a win elsewhere. And then I would go back around to what I didn't understand, ask a little bit more questions. And it kind of like reassured my confidence for lack of a better word. There's still, there's still things I forget, you know, um, I'm not a hundred percent with my study notes and documentations of processes and configurations that I need to do. Uh, I try to do as much as possible, but you know, the day goes by fast. So you can lose a lot, you know, you got to learn fast. So, um, but I'm finding small wins, which has helped me to get over my anxiety and get over that, you know, junior, like, you know, Hey guys, I'm beneath you. So, <laughs> yeah. So that's where I'm at right now. There is one word that's come up several times here as we've compared the roles and and that word is uh, responsibility. So, yeah. so, so here, here's a question for the assembled group. Do you want the responsibility that comes with being a senior engineer. Cause when you're a junior, this has been my perspective. I, you, you I thought I wanted all of that. Yeah. I want, I want to be the, be the one to solve all the problems and I'll take on that responsibility and so on. And, and, and I did. And, and I took on that responsibility in a lot of cases. Now I'm, you know, three decades into my IT career and I can see the other side of the coin where it's like, yeah, you know, if they're not calling me at two in the morning when the thing goes down, that's also fine. You know, there's a, <laughs> there's a, a trade. I don't think I could, I could, I don't think they'd allow me to be a junior engineer again. Let's put it that way. But I do kind of get that certain people, certain personalities. Again, going back to my intro, be careful what you wish for. Um, do, do you, does everybody here kind of agree that that senior role does come with a responsibility that maybe some people are underestimating? Yeah. Can I answer that real quick? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's something that I look at on a daily basis and that I realized once I got into the role, like, you know, there's, there's, if you, if you learn something and you put it out there that you, you're learning it and you master it, you know, there's a responsibility that comes along with that, you know, um, there's a saying that talks about, you know, the more you know, the more, the more you're responsible for. Um, so I assess that every day, um, but I do know that it's good for you, um, that, that, that difficulty of, you know, maybe you got to wake up two, three in the morning, or you got to be on call all throughout the day just to make sure a change gets done properly, or, you know, something doesn't go down to make sure all your clients are taken care of. Um, or, or the load balancer needs to be upgraded to something bigger and you volunteer to take on the project to figure out all how that's going to happen with zero downtime. And right. as soon as you raise your hand that you just own that. And that's, yeah. do you know what you just raised your hand to do? Right, exactly. And I think that's important for junior roles to understand, but also be willing to say, hey, look, you know, sometimes it's good for, for good for you to put yourself out there and, and, you know, be responsible for things that way, because you, you're not going to, you're not going to grow if you don't do that. Um, don't over, over, you know, over uh, burden yourself, but it's good to raise your hand sometimes. If you have that skill set, if you have that mind to study and, and know the skills, it's, it's good for you. Um, and that's what my body tells me. No, no, you need more sleep. But I'm like, my mind is like, no, no, we need to do this because this is where you need to be, you know? So that's where I'm at. Do I want all that responsibility? Probably not, <laughs> but, uh, it's pretty stressful, but, um, it's got to get done. And so that it goes with the, I think it goes with the territory. Um, another part of a senior is, um, at least in my mind is there's no mistakes. You can't mess up, but it's sort of unreasonable for somebody to never make a mistake. But as, as someone who is that senior, if mistakes are made, admit to them, fix them quickly, um, explain what you did, use it as a teachable moment. Um, what does everybody else think? There, 
So when we start talking about senior engineers, there's, I just want to make sure that there's one definition of a senior engineer that just has an advanced level skill set, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's another, right? And experience makes a seasoned engineer or, or, or a senior caliber engineer. Um, a lot of things that you're talking about, um, a lot of people, for example, being able to, you know, handle escalations and so forth um, and things, that's really um, what I, when I think of, you know, a, a person with advanced skill set, escalation, a tier three kind of guy. But then there's people by experience that actually elevates them up further than that, right? So um, what I think of, you know, as time, there's things that we talked about uh, looking at, there are engineers that, that, that provide more right, based on uh, their experience than just technical ability. And that's, you know, uh, improving the business, uh, knowing the business, using the experience to understand uh, where the business wants to go, how to get there, how to execute plans and so forth. And that's something that just comes. It's not something that, you know, uh, you sit there in this actual job title. It's just, it just comes from experience. Um, being able to help the business make important decisions or um, make um pushes or, you know, address the business and tell them what they need to do. Those are things that a person really doesn't get hired to do as a person that has already instilled trust in that business. Right. So it's, it's not a name for it. I would probably say if I was the name of senior engineer, it would be, you know, that guy right at the cusp. But then there's so much more in this, you know, above that in this space that that hasn't even been, been addressed really but just say, calling the principal and distinguish and so forth. But there is a caliber engineer out there that that embodies all this experience that we're talking about, all these decision makings that, that we're talking about. Um, and, and, and that's what, you know, um, is running the world right now, that the, level the, of seniority. There's an instinct that comes only from experience. You got to go through a data center down event and you got to right. blow up a couple of change controls and... Uh-huh. You got to forget to do the thing that bites you in the butt on Wednesday after the weekend change. And over time, you build up this, it's almost a reflex where you can, let's say you're reviewing someone else's change. and You kind of instinctively know that's too big of a mouthful. We should break this up into two or maybe even three changes and reduce some of the risk. You know, you just, and and, and it it seems like, no, we want to cram all this into the maintenance window and get it done. And, but then you think about it and you just kind of know because of things you've been through before, "Mm, sort of a bad idea. You know, we want to buy, you know, X switch and uh, it doesn't really have, it's cheaper, but it doesn't really have quite all the hardware capabilities that this other one does that would cost us more. And you're like, yeah, but we kind of need the bigger one. You know, we really, we really actually do not today, but I'm pretty sure we're gonna in about a year and a half based on our growth curve. You know, these these things that you got to make some mistakes and go through a few scenarios and be on a project team that delivers something major and learn a lot of these lessons. And then, uh, and, and again, you can't teach that Derek, I think was kind of the point you were making. It's, it only comes when you've been on the job for a while and, and, and you've seen some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and after seeing some stuff, you can see around corners. Of- <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. I even give an example, you know, um, one time, <laughs> I have 30 years of examples, right? Uh, 20 years ago, um, managing, you know, uh, I will say a hospital. I, I, it's, it was a hospital. So I want to tell you guys that because you'll understand what I learned, okay? And there was an issue where we had a firewall was not really, you know, working properly. It was doing things that just physics didn't describe, 
Um, now, <laughs> this is it, 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 it's, you know, uh, stuff was happening that really shouldn't have happened. I'll, I'll put it that way. And and as a manager, you hear this and you say, OK, all right. Um, <laughs> what should we do? All right. Let's look at it right here. We have a cluster. You know, let's do this. The first thing I said was, you know, let's reboot. Um, why? Because it's a Friday and that may be the safest way to to fix the issue. Now, 20 years later, I look at that was the absolute wrong decision to make. OK, I can tell you that this is probably the worst outage that I've ever had in my life. But it was the first one. <laughs> Right. It was the first one where I was the manager. This is a different level. I'm making a call here. Right. Um, not only did, did the whole network go down, but one thing that, that you forget is a hospital. You're responsible for life flight, you know, helicopter. People were suspended. It's all on my shoulders. And I sit there and I laid out one plan to recover, which would be um, backups, which end up. Anyway, long story short, after three days of being down. I can tell you right now, this call would never happen to me. In fact, I've had probably a bunch of similar situations that actually, you know, recovered right away. Because I remember my lesson. If you don't know what's going on, don't make that. Don't make the call. It's always safe to, 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 to investigate, no matter how many people are complaining. And those are things that, you know, senior level managers, executive level people end up, you know, having that one experience that, 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 <laughs> Make them think they're about to look for a job, right? And and they make different decisions, you know, based off you know experience. And that's where I say that experience level, hands down. When I talk to engineers, I can tell by having a conversation with engineers their experience level. I can say, man, that guy's a nice CCIE. That guy's a senior level person. Or I say, man, woo, that guy's a leader in the industry. I can really ascertain this based on conversations and experience and things that people exude. Uh, battle scars, if you will, in this field. And, uh, and, and that's, that's what the biggest, I, I think, uh, I don't want to say mentorship, but I think that's what the biggest training vessel is in our, in our field today. Experience. Outages. So experience can come over time. Experience can come through events and you can get a lot of experience in one huck of a hairy. So how do you evaluate that experience, Derek, as you're making a, that judgment call on people? Is it the way they carry themselves and the war stories they have to tell? Or is it, they got 10, 15 years on the resume. They probably have the experience. Uh, I, don't, I don't really do that, right? Because I've seen a lot of 10 to 15 year resumes that really don't stack against other, right? So if you're in a project to implement machine learning, right? Um, if your only job is writing a project plan, you obviously didn't participate in, in, in learning, you know, how to, you know, provide models, right? And, and so forth. So, you know, I look at, I've, I've seen projects, um, I've seen resumes where people, you know, I've seen huge projects. I've done SD-WAN. Let's talk about this. And you re realize it. So when I say conversation, I can talk to someone. If I mention a project or something on a resume, you can look and say, tell me about that. Tell me the story. Uh -huh. and, and, and you can actually hear from where that story is coming from. Sometimes it's coming from hurt. I spent a lot of nights <laughs> up at night and this is what I'm doing, you know, you know, you, you feel that pain and you say, okay, you know, and, 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 and then you, sometimes you hear another story. Yeah, we did this. We did this project. It took three months. Okay. We, what, what exactly did you do with this project? You know, so you can actually hear it. So that's, that's why I love interviewing people. I love hearing stories and, and I learn, I evolved by hearing these stories as well. Good stories are great. So. 
Yeah, I, I feel the same. I've interviewed lots of people over over the years. Um, one of my favorite interview stories to tell is the guy who uh, sent me his resume, and he was an MPLS expert. Long story short, I asked him to tell me all about that. That means he plugged his WAN router, Ethernet, into yeah. the carrier handoff, and uh, it happened to be that the carrier was running MPLS. Well, what do you know about MPLS? Nothing. He just, you know, he put it was an MPLS expert on his resume for that reason. So yeah, you, you start talking to people and you find out really what they know, what they don't know, what they're claiming versus what they can defend. Uh, and, and and I agree, Derek, that you can't make a judgment call on how senior someone is and what experiences they'd have simply based on the amount of time they have in the industry. If the longer they are, the more likely they are to have those war stories and those scars. But it doesn't mean someone with three years or five years of experience is not qualified to be a senior. They very well might be, depending on what they've been through, especially especially if they've been a consultant. I have met a lot of engineers. And when I say I've met, I've met, I've interviewed a lot, I've hired a lot. Um, and I can tell you that I have, I love being surprised. There are people who walk through my door right? With a, with a year experience, two years experience, but they see things the way someone with 10 years experience see it, right? Yeah. And that's preparation, right? That's something that, you know, I could tell you right now, you would be a great engineer if you knew how to prepare everybody. And, and people don't really learn this until you start getting, because a lot of engineers don't like writing. But I can tell you right now, if you sat down and, and I've seen interviews, uh, I'm sorry, people come for interviews and you say, uh, okay, on here, I see that you've done, um, ACI implementation, right? How did you do this? And this happened. This guy who probably only has six months experience in the field, he said, look, first thing I did was, you know, if you go to documentation, I wrote down a setup, right? So it's a setup script. As soon as you do ACI, here's a setup script. Why do I you start writing? And then he said, I, I did my spreadsheet like this before I did any uh, configuration. I, I put everything out, this, 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 um, because it's all gooey, right? And he's talking to me. Yeah, it's all cool. I'm impressed. I'm sitting there listening. Yeah. You know? And he goes, then I did this and this, this, and this is how I did it. And he goes, I, I did, I couldn't do everything because I, I don't know how to code, but after I defined it, you know, what we need to do, somebody developed and they, they actually went ahead and, and, and automated with for me. And then and I got to the end. The guy was brilliant. Six months in, he understood where to go. In fact, he told you in the interview, I didn't do anything that would negatively impact. I didn't take any risks. But this is how I laid out my project. Who does that? I, I look at seasoned people that, that 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 do that, not a guy six months in the field. So there's a lot of great talent out there, you know, uh, that, you know, to the point where I won't say years even make a difference. It depends on the person. Mm. So, yeah, that claim of ACI implementation on the resume could easily have been a story, not of them actually implementing ACI, but of sort of looking over the shoulder of the consultant they brought in to do it for them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. One of the other things is for big cutovers, the senior engineer is supposed to run those. They're the they're supposed to be the ones with the fingers on the keyboards making all the big decisions, uh, which have hopefully been cleared beforehand. But to quote somebody, I was tired, very tired, tired in my brain, tired in my body. I needed to eat, puke and scream all of those things as soon as possible big cutovers are like that mm. i've done cutovers like that before yeah and that that was uh ethan talking to himself and i'm <laughs> quoting ethan back at himself i don't want to have those feelings anymore i don't want to do that anymore it's something that unfortunately i have to do but yeah. 
man, I don't like that part of the job. Yeah. Yeah. It is a part of the job for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I, let's let's wrap this up with a with a little discussion about uh, meritocracy. Uh, that is to say, you might deserve the senior role, but you don't get it because reasons. I just wanted to. This is something that I think we think a lot of times as engineers in terms of cause and effect. I do this, and this happens, and then we take that from a technical realm where the router obeys and the firewall policy is implemented because we did the thing. And then try to translate it to our careers. I've done the work. I've been on call. I've done the hours. And so therefore, I have the experience and I'm writing the docs and I should be a senior now. They should be bumping bumping me up. But it doesn't happen. And there's so many reasons why that maybe doesn't happen. Uh, one, I'll, I'll throw this out. And it's, it's as simple as money. They don't want to pay you more. They'd rather keep you and have you do things for the business, but not have to pay you more salary. Now, I don't, I've had this experience. I don't know if you guys have had this experience, but for me, if the, if the thing was, I want to be senior and I, I need more money, uh, or I just want more money, I got to go somewhere else. I got to go to a different organization. Have you, uh, you run into that? I tell everyone to take control of your career, right? Because everyone, no matter what line of work you're going to be in, you're going to run into this issue. And, and sometimes the issue is not your employer. It's right here, right? You know, sometimes things just have to, before you become a senior engineer, the senior engineer needs to, it needs to be an opening, right? So I see this a lot. And, 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 and that's why I kind of preach to empower yourself because there's a lot of people in this field. There's a lot of people that, that, that have been senior engineers or whatever, but I can tell you the real senior, senior engineers are the ones that don't have to call themselves senior engineers, right? <laughs> um, are the ones that, that they just get it one day. For example, it's not difficult to learn a new technology. It's not difficult to one day uh, just be a route switch guy and, 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 and roll out switch facts, right? It's not difficult to learn these new skill sets. What I'm saying is it's not difficult to take control of your career. And it just happens a little bit past the senior mark. And I'm just putting times on everything. At some point in the person's career, they just get it. They just mm. get it. They say, I see my value. I know how to have other people see my value. I know how to create more value for myself. And they just do it. And, and that's where I see the industry going. I think, and I firmly believe this, in about 10 years from now, the conversation of senior engineers, network engineers is going to be gone. I really believe that the way technology has has gone we have cloud engineers application engineers developers we have the, these are things that have branched out from network engineering okay i feel that we're going we're entering a phase where everyone's going to see their dollar right their, their dollar value and we're going to have an industry full of consultants yeah we're going to have everybody right now sitting at home already right so we're going to have an, an, a, a whole industry full of mercenaries and i love it <laughs> I love that, you know, because, because, you know, I'm looking, I just saw a job description the other day to ask for a network engineer in AI, machine learning experience, right? And I'm like, here we go. It's the a la carte, right? So you take your, your talent, you a la carte it, say, look, I know, you know, I have a little bit of development experience. I know a little bit of about containerization. I know Python. And oh, by the way, I know basic or I know fundamental network engineering route switching put that together and you fit a certain job description and I believe that day's coming it's going to be the a la carte of the engineering and everyone's going to have that power because we are we don't know this yet but we are very much in demand 
in this industry and we need to understand our value as engineers. And, um, and, and I believe that day is coming very soon, you know? Now, now the flip side of this conversation is sure. Maybe the organization that you're with can't take you where you want to go because for reasons, maybe they're trying to control their costs. Maybe they don't have a position open as Derek pointed out. But, but going back, I mean, the businesses right now don't understand the, the positions that they need. They don't understand that to me. And it's coming because it's very simple. You're, you're looking at, you know, new technology, changing the way we do business here. You know, I don't want to name these companies, but new companies, new, new ways of doing network design, new ways of, 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 you know, software defining everything that happens in your business. I mean, these are things that, that really most business, because we're dealing with COVID and everything else, they haven't flushed out yet. The whole industry hasn't flushed out yet, you know? So be patient. I think that, you know, engineers that are looking to move, to get ahead, if you look, they, it, 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 the opportunity will come. It's already there. Somebody just has to point it out. Now, the flip side with all of these other opportunities that are out there, everyone that's looking to hire technical talent, there is a, a dearth of talent out there. There's more positions than there are IT experts to fill those positions. So from that standpoint, you can... There's opportunities for you to move to, but at the same time, the company that you're at may fight to retain you. And so if you're willing to have an honest conversation with your manager, if it's a company that you're happy working at and you'd like to stay there and say, I need money uh, because you you, you just had a, a had a baby or, or whatever it is. You, you just have aspirations. You know, I, I'd like more salary or I love this role. I'd like more responsibility. Can you work with me and, and, and help me get there? And they can lay out a path for you because and the because then you can say legitimately, I know what the market is and I've got opportunities out there. I could move on. They don't want to have to backfill your position. It sucks. It's so hard to fill positions. It, it was hard. Many of the companies I was at, it was hard to get a headcount. But if I got it, it was just as hard to fill it. It was hard to find people that are good. If if you're good and you're offering a lot to the business, even in that junior role, um, but, you know, but feel you want more, just tell them you want more and see what they'll do to keep you around. That is a conversation definitely worth having. Yeah, I, I think that's important. I use myself as an example. Um, I'm just, I was just grateful to get the, you know, get the job, you know, um, to get the opportunity to learn. So I feel that I owe the conversation to who hired me say, look, you know, I have an idea of filling into this junior role, hopefully making more money. This is what else I'm learning on top of what I already know. Let's lay out a plan. And I think that's, you know, um, a good conversation to have because you wouldn't put yourself in their position. You know, if you were running that business or if you were in that managerial position, one day you will be um, either either or you will want that conversation to be had by your junior junior people um, to at least let you know that they're looking outside of the organization because of X, Y and Z. Um, I just feel that's important. And it goes a lot. That goes along with the communication aspect of both roles that we were talking about earlier. So I think that's important. I think you definitely have to have a relationship with who you work for. And when I say a relationship, I mean a relationship just like you have with your wife or your girlfriend, right? I think that you have to put on the line. You can't say, oh, uh, my, my spouse doesn't see me. Oh, my job doesn't see me. No, you have to make yourself seen. You have to sit down, reviews. For most part, I think, you know, across the board, a lot of people don't use the review process like it should be used. I think that as a, when you go in a review, you, you have an opportunity to expect answers from, from who you're sitting across from because you need to know where you stand. And I think that if once people start, and, and Brian, I'm, I'm so impressed with your answers, right? Once people start, you know, um, uh, saying, look, do you see me? Where do you see me in five years? Where do you see me next year? Yeah. 
and you want real answers. And, 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 and there's no harmless. As a boss, somebody has said that to me, and the answer I gave them wasn't enough. And it wasn't a them problem. It was a me problem. Because I really didn't sit down. You know, I thought they were happy. Doing, nobody's happy doing it. Everybody wants more money. Everybody wants more money. Right. You know, and I'm sitting there saying, well, you're doing great kudos. You know, let's, you know, let's keep it up. You know, and that's not what that person wanted to hear. I told them they were doing great last year, right? <laughs> to get to the next level, look, some things you have to do, right? I need to see more written skills from you. I need to see more verbal skills from you. I think, and this is the uncomfortable part of the conversation, the way you deal with people, I think you need to, to work on that a little bit more. These are things people need to hear. You don't want to get to, you know, 55 and someone tells you you're awkward with people. No, that's what you should have been told when you're, you're 25, you know? And, 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 and we just have to, you know, we have to make more of an of a effort to have real conversations in this field as we move on to grow. And that's, and, 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 and that's my take on that I've managed a bunch of people over the years, and I, I can say dealing with the, with reviews, you think you know where someone's at that's on your team, and then you talk to them and find out, I didn't realize they were that ambitious. I didn't know they wanted to lead a project. You got to advocate for yourself in those those at those times. Make your manager aware. I'm interested in doing more. They can't read your mind. They don't know. Just because you're sitting there and doing awesome work from your home office or the cube. Does anyone go to a cubicle anymore? I don't know. Wherever you're seated, it doesn't it doesn't indicate that you have ambition just because you do amazing work. You can do amazing work, but still need to advocate for yourself and tell people what's interested. Uh, Cause again, we managers can't read your minds. Yeah. So one thing that I do so I can, uh, since you have reviews once a year is I'll have a folder in my inbox called kudos. So every time something happens that I want to brag about for myself later, when it comes time for review, I'll put it in the kudos folder. And so, or if I'm having a really tough day, which happens sometimes, I'll go through the kudos folder and be like, okay, you're not as bad as you think you are. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, this has been a good conversation, gentlemen. Um, I'd like to do now is go around the table and tell the good people that are listening where they can follow you if you happen to be social and so on. Uh, Brian Mills, let's start with you. Uh, yes, I'm on LinkedIn. Believe you may find me as LinkedIn.com bmills30. That's how you find me. Brian, thanks for joining us today. It was a pleasure to meet you. And uh and 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 someday maybe I'll I'll pop down wherever you're at and get a tour of the Wisp. That would be that would be fun for me. Uh Derek Winchester. Uh Derek Winchester, you can find me on LinkedIn at under Derek Winchester or hashtag and six or in it six. Um and it six is how I mentor people. So we have a group of very very uh, smart individuals that uh, that that take personal pride in mentoring individuals such as you know Brian and 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 everyone else who comes free of charge, um, but you come away smarter. Yeah, and you guys got content here, there, and everywhere. I think there's a, there's yeah. certainly a YouTube channel, right? We have a YouTube channel. We haven't put anything out in a while um, on YouTube, but uh, but we have a lot of great stuff still there. Uh, we put out articles every other week, um, so please check us out and, and feel free to reach out to me. Right, if you want to. You know, no something exact. We uh we are starting sessions back up pretty soon. We do a lot of things in the cloud now. So Kubernetes containers, uh, that's where it's at right now. So All right. and and we're presenting at DockerCon. So <laughs> okay, what is it? All right. And then uh, Brian Keys again, uh, Brian, thanks for helping organize the show, for pitching the idea and all that, and helping pull everyone together. And how do people follow you, Brian? 
uh, I'm on LinkedIn as well, and I've got a blog that I never post uh, on as much. And uh, I love following Derek on um, LinkedIn. He has the coolest pictures that he um, that he photoshops himself into historic um, photos, movie posters. Um, <laughs> I wish I could more than just like them because they are so cute and so funny. Thanks. And there's just his uh, his big beautiful face all over it. <laughs> Thanks, thanks. <laughs> That's great stuff. Now, if you're looking for the original articles I wrote that uh, spawned this conversation, you can find those in Human Infrastructure Magazine, issue number 179. Uh, that's at packetpushers.net slash newsletter. We've got the archives at the bottom there, so you don't even have to subscribe if you wanted to read that article. That's one of them, transitioning from junior to senior engineers. And then on ethancbanks.com is an article, What Makes a Senior IT Engineer Senior, where I share some thoughts there. And as a, as a bonus article here, there's an article on a, They'll Remember the Rage Monster, which is a story that I told very personal about a day in a very senior role. I absolutely lost it in front of a lot of people, and it it wasn't cool. But it was a, it was a cool story, though. It was a cool story. Uh, you can follow me uh, at EC Banks and, of course, follow the Packet Pushers podcast network at Packet Pushers. And if you got value from this episode, I hope you did. Uh, it, let's say you want more because you like conversations like this. Cool. Join the Packet Pushers Slack group. That's at packetpushers.net slash Slack. It is free. You'll be joining about 2,000 other IT engineers, networking and cloud nerds especially, that are scattered all over the world, the globe over. That is, again, packetpushers.net slash Slack. It is free. And if you pop in there, check out the jobs channel. There are opportunities posted if you're looking for a career change. People that are looking for uh, they got positions they need to fill. Maybe they're looking for you and maybe you just want to let people know, hey, I'm uh, this is who I am and what I do. And I'm looking for some, you know, ping me if you got an opportunity. And maybe you're in a lot of Slack groups and you're just like, uh, no, not another Slack group. Fine. Do the newsletter. Human Infrastructure Magazine is a weekly newsletter. It makes you a better engineer. We share good stuff about career, how to perform complex technical tasks, IT news we think you might be affected by. And, and we curate quick takes on vendor announcements. And you're like, vendor announcements, that's just PR and marketing. Who cares? Banks. Well, that's why we curate them. And we give you a good quick take. So it's just the announcements we think you might actually care about. New products, new software releases, that kind of thing. Last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough. <laughs>